0: Welcome to the podcast, A Moon in the Dark, with Ellen Blake.
1: God's people were waiting, waiting, and waiting. The last word they had heard from a prophet had been 400 years ago. Had God forgotten them? No. Little did they know God was about to break through with a message from an angel to Zechariah in the temple, announcing the forerunner to the Messiah. We're so glad you've joined us today. I'll be sitting down with my husband, Otis, which is a great treat. Don't you just love local businesses? Have you been to professional printing in Griffin? They've been in business since 1982. They can take care of all your printing needs. Wadra and her team will treat you like family. Hey, guys. I'm sitting here with my husband, Otis. Hello there. So excited to sit down with you. It is so much fun. I could... um, I could really just talk to you all day, but don't worry, we won't do that. Um, we've been married 29 years, and First I can't even believe that I get to be married to you.
0: First time with a microphone in between us.
1: Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> it's exciting. But, you know, we've had some exciting adventures yes. of various types. Um, you know, what people may not know about you is that you're really funny.
0: I'm just real sarcastic, and thanks for putting up with that.
1: And I... If people know you who are listening will know that you're like the nicest guy anyone's ever met. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Quit it. Let's So, keep...
1: for example, the other day I was just walking around town and I got stopped by a guy who just would not stop talking about how, what a great guy you are, and I was just laughing because I know that honestly you <laughs> have put up with me through all these years, and I don't know how I got to be so lucky to give, be married to you. So
0: I probably owed that guy money. So that's all. <laughs>
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, But anyway, we're here today. We are getting into the Christmas story. Um, The audience may wonder, where's the Mary and Joseph part? When are we going to get to that? But the thing is, this is the Christmas story because this is God moving in history. This is the timing that God had to bring this Messiah into the world. Um, But before we get started, I just want to talk a little bit about this. Did you ever get spanked when you were little? Because I did. I got spanked specifically for talking back. Mm. What about you?
0: I did a couple of times for not telling the truth.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were the golden child, the little brother that never did anything wrong.
0: Well, I was, but I had my moments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll have to ask more about that later. Um, yeah, so I, when we were first married... And even a couple of years into that, I really did need a lot of help on how to be a good wife and even a good mother, even though I didn't have any children yet. And Elizabeth Elliot was on the radio, and y'all, if you don't know who Elizabeth Elliot is, she her husband Jim was killed by the Alca Indians in Ecuador, I think in the 50s. and she lived a long time, and she was a mentor and a teacher, Bible teacher for many young women. and I used to listen to her on the radio. And she was just straight shooting. And I needed to hear what she had to say because I needed a lot of molding and shaping. And I uh, still do. But uh, but one of the things she was really passionate about was with children. And this, uh, this does have to do with the story. Um, mm. But with children obeying the first time. Mm. And how children can be trained to obey the first time their mom or their dad speak. Mm. And so... She would have none of us counting one, two, three. She blasted that. And so as I was a young mom with Daniel, we would try to uh, instill that in him. And and, uh, it was funny because um, one of the stories that I remember hearing was about a father and son in Africa. And he would train his son to obey the first time without asking why or without talking back. And so... One day there was a huge, deadly snake right above the boy's head in a tree, and the father said, "Get down, and crawl toward me." And he did it, without uh, hesitating. And that was that's you know the goal that you want in mind. And and so, uh, I remember Daniel and I would go back and forth. And for, I finally I had to teach him to say, "Yes, ma'am." Why? Because he wanted to say, "Why" first. And it's great to ask why, but he needed to be in a position first to obey quickly, move toward obeying, and then he could ask why after that. So um, that has to do with the story because we will see in a minute how Zachariah kind of talks back a little bit um, Mm -hmm. and is not necessarily in a posture to go with what God has. Um, But God is moving in history here. The people... The Jewish people have been waiting for a Messiah. They know they're broken. They know the narrative is that someone is coming. But they've waited 400 years at this point for any kind of official word through a prophet at all. And the last word they have is from the end of Malachi, which actually speaks of Elijah coming back and turning the hearts of the fathers to their children before the day of the Lord comes. Hmm. And so... Zechariah, our character today, would have known that that was the last word written down, which is fascinating. So to cut you up on where we are, um, we're in Luke 1. Last week we dwelled on the personal aspect of Elizabeth and her waiting. And this time we're going to talk more about what happens with the priest, Zechariah. So Zechariah and Elizabeth were old. Um, it says they were both very old in verse 7. They had no children. And Zechariah was serving God in the temple, and he was chosen by Lot to be the one to enter the sanctuary and burn incense. So scholars say that the number of priests at that time was so large that this may have been the one time that he was chosen to go in. So Mm -hmm. the adrenaline was high. Whether or not this was his only time, it was rare. It was a big day for him. He's going in the temple, and he's doing his duty, and he sees an angel of he was overwhelmed with fear. So the angel had to have an appearance that was frightening. Mm-hmm. And there was no one else in the sanctuary of the temple. It was just Zachariah. So to have someone appear would be very startling. Right. And the angel is telling him that he would have a baby and that he was to name him John. And that they would he would be rejoiced over. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he he really brings that prophecy from Malachi. Um That he would turn the Israelites to the Lord. He would be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah and prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. So, if you would pick up and read for us in verse 18 what happens next.
0: Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was He who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time.
1: So, what do you see in this story, Otis, that tells us about God or Jesus? What challenges you? What encourages you?
0: Well, first of all, how God acts in unexpected ways. And we see that throughout history and throughout all the Bible. Rarely does Jesus perform the same miracle twice. And God acts in an unexpected way by showing up through Gabriel. And then thinking through that, he wants our obedience. And God is one who requires that of us. Yet in our humanness, as he did with Zechariah, he showers us with his grace and his forgiveness. So that's an encouragement. And thinking through just the how this all points to Jesus, that you know, the, whole, the whole Bible is just a continuous story that points to a Savior and how God begins this Advent story with this very miraculous appearance of Gabriel. And because he's sending his number one right-hand man to make this announcement, it's kind of a not so subtle message to us that, Hey, this Jesus is a really big deal. Listen up.
1: Yeah. So what, what do you see? What else do you see God doing here? What encourages you?
0: I mean, I guess the other big challenge in this story is that it's just the realization that I could so be that man, just as I read the new Testament and think, wow, if I was in a time machine and went back, I could so easily have been a Pharisee or uh, the guy in the crowd shouting, shout crucify him. So that's very convicting and humbling. Uh, But then I'm encouraged by the fact that God shows grace over Zechariah. Yes, he blew it. I could have so blown it if I had been in his position. You brought up a great point about him. Uh, This is not just a normal everyday routine where he's going in to the temple to burn incense. He's probably stressed out just as we are when we go do our job or do life. But... um, His response, his human response, was not met with um, him being smited at the altar by Almighty God. But the response was, yes, you're going to have some consequences. You're not going to speak for a while, but I'm still at work here, and I'm going to work my plan through you.
1: Yeah, I mean, what do you think about how he talked back? (laughs) Do you think he's talking back? What do you think... We don't know his thoughts. We, just, we do know that the angel didn't appreciate his response and, you know, kind of said, look, uh, if you're asking for another sign, like, I'm, I'm an angel. I'm in the temple talking to you, and I'm, like, the main angel. So this is your sign. <laughs> you're not going to get another one. What do you think about, about his—what does that show, do you think, about where Zachariah might have been in his heart?
0: Well, I was thinking back to your conversation about parenting and how many times we have said, Hey, would you like a redo on that conversation? And I thought about how oh, Zachariah would really like to redo instead of saying, How can I be sure of this? Maybe a redo for him might have been, Yeah, let me just fall on my face right now and worship and show my complete respect to this messenger of the Lord.
1: Well, how do you think we can take note of doing a better job? of being ready for when God is speaking. And what is that? Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny because it reminds me of a study that you and I embarked upon a couple of decades ago called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. And it was a 13-week Bible study that goes through some real practical biblical steps on how to join God in what he's doing. And it's based on the story of Moses. And I guess the takeaway overall is just that Moses didn't wake up one day and say, wow, my people are in captivity, and I need to come up with a strategic plan and help God get out of this mess. No, God was already at work through history and had a plan to free his people, and Moses had this burning bush encounter, and that was certainly a crisis of belief, as, you know, what in the world's going on here, just like Zechariah Zechariah's wondering, who's this angel, and what does this mean? But that crisis of belief caused... Moses to have to listen and adjust his life and then obey to jump in to where God was at work mm. and so I, I gotta think back on the good old hymn that we grew up on trust and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey simple words but hard for us to put into practice but so rewarding when we do and you and I have both been in that place where as flawed as we are we, You know when we did actually listen and take the time to try to jump in and join God where he's at work, even though it may be outside of the norm of what the world looks like or what people are expecting, the end result is you and I look at each other and say, wow, isn't this really cool to be in this place where we feel like we're doing something that God wants us to do.
1: Mm. And I think that's the point of Henry Blackaby's study is that, when God invites you to join Him in His work and you adjust and join Him, then you experience God and your faith grows. And it could be big stories like Zachariah here. It could be very small moments where we see God at work and we have to adjust to Him. It's about God. It's not about us. And one of the points Henry Blackaby makes is that so many times we ask God, "What is our, what is your will for me? What is God's will for me? And he says, no, it's what is God's will, and how do we join him in that? And that's a shift um, in thought, is that it's not our project, we want God to join us, mm-hmm. but that God is doing something, and it's exciting if he decides to ask us to join in what he's doing.
0: And a continuous reminder that it's not about me, and that's, those are words that we have said to each other as we've dealt with situations in life or frustrations or whatever. And fortunately, the story here with Zechariah, his response to the angel was not the end of the story. He did adjust, and he did obey. They did name the boy John, and they moved forward.
1: Yeah, don't spoil the story now. We're going to go through it. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Oh, goodness. But it is encouraging. Over the years, you and I have, have looked back on... Experiencing God in many ways, and even just to the point of, of reminding each other that God is always at work. Right. When we don't see Him working, we say, okay, remember, God is always working. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and His plan is good, and it may not feel good right now, but we're going to trust and watch Him work His good through this. Yes.
1: Do you have anything you want to share about how God might have used that in your life?
0: Wow, I just had a thought of the Chronicles of Narnia and the Beavers and Aslan, the lion. Is he a safe lion? No, of course he's not safe, but he is good. Good reminder.
1: So what else encourages you or challenges you here? or What else does this remind you of?
0: I think as we look at the news, as we go through life in America, that God is not finished, that his plan is this continuous straight line above us that's left to right continuing on in history and it has always been there and and we are called to just continue to listen and obey the command to fear not despite what's happening around us and to listen to what he's specifically calling us into and and some people kind of are unnerved by the thought of well god spoke to me and and Yes, Moses heard audible words, as did Zechariah, but I think in the very common application of today, I mean, God speaks to us through the Bible, through his word, through the church, through the Holy Spirit, through prayer, and so just being tuned in to however he's communicating with us, Mm. such that we are not caught flat-footed, but can adjust and spring into action wherever he might be leading, even if it makes no sense at all.
1: Wow. Thank you so much for the, your time. Thank you for sharing. And it's just so much fun to be married to you. And I still can't believe you picked me oh, out of all the you women. Me and
0: me. It's my lucky day. And this is fun, too. I enjoyed, enjoyed being on the other side of the microphone with you.
1: Well, I really appreciate it. And I'm excited to see what God does next. Remember, the next time you need to have something printed, go to Professional Printing. You can find them behind the Taco Bell on Taylor Street, And they can take care of any printing need that you might have. Remember, God is always at work around you. You never know when he might be moving and breaking through history. So let's be attuned to his voice and be ready to adjust to what he wants us to do in joining him in what he has in mind. For now, I leave you with peace for your day and peace for your night.